You're listening to the Talk of Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! And you've been listening to Marshmallow Justice by Eddie Kitamura, who is the voice of Karen Araragi, who is one of the stars of this episode, because we're reviewing Nisa Monogatari. Yes, we are. Or, I don't know if I ever pointed out, but Baka Monogatari is basically a monster story, and this is now fake story. Fake story. Yep. I was, it was funny, because at some point during this uh, this season of Baka Monogatari... We have learned the word Nisei. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they kept saying Nisei, 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 and I'm like, oh, okay, so that's what Nisei Monogatari is, it's fake story, okay, cool. You learn, you learn Japanese through odd titles for a series. <laughs> through through Monogatari, you learn it. I can tell you the next season is going to be Neko Monogatari, and I can guarantee you it's probably about cats. Really? Or they're going to bring up cats a lot. You think so? Or it's going to be, it's probably about a certain character... Um, but we're going to cover all these other characters, and then at some point, <laughs> kind of bring it back. Or, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, again, we're going to be reviewing Nisa Monogatari. Uh, suffice to say, we are going to bring up a couple characters in order to review this spoiler-free, but have to bring up characters that have certain plot lines of the first season that have to be brought up in order to talk about the characters. Um, we won't be very spoilery, but... We want to kind of make this first part of the review inclusive to those who have not watched the series... So they get an idea if if it kind of continues on to be a good thing because there's a there's a there's a perception out there that things kind of start dwindling away with the series and I'm of the mindset so far that it just keeps getting better so uh, hopefully that continues yes but that'll that'll kind of dispel that for those people that are like well I don't want to get into it because later on it's supposed to get worse I don't know um, but uh, yeah Nisa Monogatari is the second season of the second aired season of the Baki Monogatari series the Monogatari series. And uh, this one follows uh, specifically Karen B and uh, not the, the titles are Karen B and, and Asukihi Phoenix, which is basically the stories following uh, the Fire Sisters. Yes, the Fire which is, Sisters, which is uh, Karen Araragi and uh, Sukihi Araragi, who are Araragi's sisters. Sisters, yeah, plenty. Emotos. But. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, coming into the series or into this this uh, second season, I was really excited because. It's just more of the characters that I want to see more of. Um, I was really interested in the Fire Sisters because mm-hmm. they are kind of really non-existent in the first season. I think you just see them pop up during the Mother's Day thing, and they're upset that Araragi is running out and of the house. You, you hadn't even gotten their, uh, a visual of them. They just... Yeah, they showed up, and they just kind of pushed him in his bed, and then that was it. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> huh. I forgot about that. Okay. Like, briefly. Um, but I was more... 
excited the the shockingly exciting thing about this season actually turns out to be Karen and Sukihi are actually really cute. They are really fun characters to throw at Araragi, but at at the same time I got shockingly more than what I was anticipating because in this season we got a lot of Shinobu. Yes. And not really that we got a lot of insight in the Shinobu. There was there was certain uh, elements of Araragi and Shinobu's quote unquote relationship that is revealed, but more so the fact of her personality and who she, how yes, she acts around. I him. can very very much agree. And that was exciting. Not not to mention there was also a lot of world building in this particular oh yeah series oh yeah which I I it's it's kind of hard to explain without spoiling things, but basically understanding how the world itself works in and that's just take that for what it is because i mean the the show is very character centric and it builds a lot on characters and then the world is kind of built off of those characters well in this particular series they they actually used introducing two uh three new characters Mm-hmm. And those three new characters actually introduced as uh, world building. Technically, it was about five new characters because, like I said, Karen, well, okay, Karen, 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 Karen really is, yeah, rebuilding. but they didn't they didn't build on the world per se. Right. The other three did actually build on the on the world, and I, I fully agree because the thing with the first season was I was I was mainly going. This is a character study. This is just all about the characters. This is all about the interactions because. There wasn't really too much to talk about outside of that. Yeah, there was the apparitions and how they were affecting each of these characters. But at the same time, really all I had to say was, I love these interactions. And they're still there. I would say there is a lot of gold moments in this show. But I would say more or less as entertaining as it was in the first season of the interaction. And that's not saying much because the first season is just nuts how awesome it is. Um, but... What was cool is instead we got a lot of, like you said, world building. I It was more insight into the world itself. It was inside uh, the interactions between Araragi and uh, Shinobu was a lot of insight into what, what makes them what they are. It was into the Anyomiji, or what do they call it, Anyomiji? I have the name. Well, I was trying not to go into that, but Anyoji, yeah. which is what Oshino is in the first season. They're getting more into what those are, and... That's that's that stuff's fascinating. I, I I was eating all that stuff up and tying that in with just the regular introduction of these characters that are just very fascinating to go through. It turned out to be. I didn't think you can outdo what Bakemonogatari was, and then Nisamonogatari outdoes it. So that's that's great. For me. Which that's a good thing. That 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 I mean, and 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 it could also be a curse on it as well. I mean, like you were saying <laughs> earlier, if it, it to outdo yeah, itself. if it keeps outdoing itself, at some point, it's it, maybe it may not fulfill its ability to. But I, as it stands right now, I'm absolutely adoring this show. Um, every character that they introduce, I mean, whether I, whether they're good guys or bad guys, I'm interested in them. Um, the 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 characters that are good guys, I love them to death. Um, so. I, I visuals the, looks well, great the, to get a quick idea of what's going on with the this particular series this is like I said earlier it's going into the fire sister which are uh, Araragi's two sisters Karen and uh, Sukihi uh, the first arc is really getting into Karen and what the 
the Fire Sisters are really showing their idea for getting justice. They're 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 justice fighters. They're very young. They're very uh, you kind of point out as immature or fake, and that's what you're kind of following at the beginning of it. It does have tie-ins with the first season, as in there's a certain character that got a curse, and they're trying to look into that. And that's where you're kind of throwing in with that first core and how what happens to Karen involving that. And, of course, the second core is more going into Sikihi, who is the other sister. And I won't touch any of that because that, that <laughs> is – there's no way of dancing around that. It's just getting into Sikihi. She's, she's more of a – Karen's more of the tomboyish. She's very athletic. She wants to seek justice. She has a very high seeking of justice. Sukihi is more uh, more girly. She's more feminine. But at the same time, she likes to follow in her her sister's uh, it's, route. It's a weird it's a weird way of putting it because they're kind of opposites in a way. Yeah. Um, they well, they point out the fact that she's also like a Spitfire. I mean, Suki yeah. is just like short tempered as hell. <laughs> I love that bad scene. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the main the main two things you're seeing, and of course they bring in a couple new characters who are involved with the whole situation, and then following that up, you. During that whole process, you're getting more, like I said, more insight into uh, uh, Shinobu of anything because it it really does seem like they use Shinobu to replace another character from the first season to uh, to be a facet of information, which makes sense because Shinobu, being what she is, has been around for a long time. She's very knowledgeable. Um, but yeah, going going from there into visuals, I am really happy to see that they stepped up their game. Now, again, I acknowledge that there was elements that could be seen as artistic in Bakemonogatari the first season. Um, but for me, I felt a lot of it could be also seen as lazy. And in this second season or this this second airing, which is uh, Nisa Monogatari, I keep dancing around that, by the way, because I know that a lot of people kind of want to, you need to watch it in this order because it tells you in the order of, of chronological, we're watching it in the order of release. And so I, that's why I'm kind of dancing around that. But it, it seemed like they stepped up their game because the visuals were excellent. There wasn't any point where I was looking at something and going, that looks lazy. And that's a good thing. It looked like they stepped up their game in the animation. The opening for like uh, Karen and, and Suki uh, were like, especially Karen was like eye candy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like not just, like I said, with the, the, the artistic value, it was more like just animation. I'm, I'm looking at it and going, that looks so well done. I, I I thought the Sukihi one looked absolutely phenomenal, and I I mean great music I, like always. Yeah, and <laughs> so I I I I just absolutely love her looking into the camera and that her her face getting a bigger. Hand posing, <laughs> hand posing, the hand too. poses. And, yeah, I was I was totally on that one. So yeah, and like I said before, it, it still has the the same usual uh, character interactions that we love from the first season. I. I especially loved this is dancing in a certain character that shows up in the season that they confront and just the way that he was presenting himself in the situation was like so entertaining because of how uh, self degradating it was. It was like this is a really interesting conversation. The way that he's going about this conversation and like I said before, I guess the standout moments is really we mentioned the toothbrush scene happens in this, yep. this season and that was just so awkward so interesting and so hilarious at the same time and how it kind of <laughs> concludes it's just kind of one of those things you don't really see coming and like i said the bath scene with with suki coming in with a knife was just hilarious 
And just, like I said, the interactions between Araragi and, and Shinobu were just probably the the best of that I've seen so far. I just love that whole thing. So, And a certain phone call with <laughs> Kanbaru, I guess I could mention as well. <laughs> uh, but most of that stuff we'll get into with the, with the spoiler discussions. But uh, we just want to make sure that we get all this stuff spoiler-free out there before then. Um, but I, I think the... It's it's got a lot of things that it's opening up, and I I'm liking how the story is progressing. I like that they're they're still feeding me enough interesting elements while still holding some cards back. Like I mentioned before, I I still want so much more of Shinobu, and I know it's coming eventually, but they're still they're giving me stuff, and they're they're pointing at things while at the same time still holding that card. So I don't feel like I'm being cheated, but at the same time, I'm. I'm intrigued and I'm I'm constantly following it. So, I I I love the fact that I would actually put this more along the lines of I almost want to say it's kind of, and I even say an episodic is kind of deceiving. This is kind of arcosodic, and it's 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 a weird thing because I almost put I would almost put this along the same lines of as like Mushishi. I mean, the more and more I'm watching this, I mean, I, I, after, after finishing up this, this arc, I absolutely realized, okay, I've already seen this whole, whole season. I, I thought for sure that I had got caught or stopped in the middle of Sukihis, but I've seen the entire part. So does that really matter? No, not really. But one of the things that actually watching it this, this second time, I have realized that this is almost in the same lines as Mushishi. It's, it's, it's so, each episode is so very f- fulfilling and contained and it, you can watch it and then move on and then come back and, and never really feel like you've lost anything because every episode is so impactful that you feel complete at the end of each episode. And then you move on to the next episode. You feel like you've gotten more and yet it's still complete. Does so that many, make sense? So many of these episodes this season were like, that was really short. <laughs> Yeah. What the hell? Where did, where did the time go? <laughs> like, we spent an entire episode brushing a tooth, and I'm like, what? wait, the episode's over? What the hell happened here? And yet it was one of the best episodes. It's like, it's one of the cool things about each episode is every episode feels so awesome. Like, you've seen this really awesome thing that has just been given to you, and you're like, wow. And then you move on to the next episode, oh, wow, I got more. And the next episode, wow, I got more. Does that make sense? You rat wow. Wow. <laughs> I think the only I think the only part that kind of uh I didn't like, if if you if you wanted to drag something bad out of it, was the fight between Araragi and Karen. Because it, it was like she doesn't know that he's a vampire and yet she's like literally killing him and so that didn't quite fit. I know I know it's over the top and it's crazy. That's fine, I get that, but why is she literally doing things to him that would I mean, she even points out that would normally kill somebody. Why would you do that then? You literally were going to kill your brother? Like, you don't know that he's a vampire. That's, or part vampire, I'm sorry. I don't care. I thought it looked cool. It looked cool, but at the same time, it's like, (laughs) that was the only, like, really illogical thing I've seen in the show yet. And that's weird saying in a show full of apparitions and and vampires and and <laughs> and curses and crabs and junk so but it's it's not a big deal i thought it was a, a cute little scene though with the whole 
I'm I'm here to clean up your messes because I'm your brother kind of thing. So I think that that fight, for some strange reason, I I want to say that's when I was pretty much sold on Karen. Yeah, I'm because not. I I know that I, you were saying I know I that you was were sold saying on her when she came in with the skirt and was was showing. Yeah, that was time, that was so. pretty adorable. And no, it it was one of those fresh. things. It was one of those things that it was kind of like. I agree with you. At, at first, it was like, okay, I don't much care for her because the whole tomboy thing, and she's she very just came through. off. Yeah, she very came off very combative, and then when they actually started fighting, it was like at some point during that fight, it was kind of this little bit of vulnerability that was in there, and it was like, okay, I can get on board with her because you know you you you're showing this. This need for a I, don't, a... I don't want people to take him wrong in the idea that he's obsessed with vulnerability. I think it's more... Of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's more of a thing... Because I like the vulnerability thing, but it's more an idea that if you show a character that is usually tomboy, they usually try to show them as being perfect and without flaws. And usually vulnerability shows that they have a flaw. And that yeah. they, they, are, they have that little break in their armor that you can get into to reach them kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the, the Sundere thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great series, though. Um, I guess we can transition from here into spoilers because we've been dancing. I mean, I've already kind of touched on the fight, which I guess we probably shouldn't even talk to uh, talk about. But let's go on to spoilers and really dive into the show. And all of our people that have watched the show can join us and enjoy some discussion on this stuff. Uh, we'll close out. Well, did you want to mention your note that you had me make down with the idea of the tropes? I, I told you to make a note on tropes. Yeah, you said to make a note on the idea that you that it likes to bring up tropes and make fun of them or something. Oh yeah, it kind of like takes. Uh, I it's it's one of those things that I kind of like. I I at some point we were ta- talking about the show and I was like, you know, one of the things that I love the most about this show is that it 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 doesn't break tropes. It doesn't you know try to. Uh, change the tropes. It doesn't make its own tropes. It takes the tropes and it just revels in them. It absolutely just it, it and it it kind of like dances on it and it's like you've got a trope here. <laughs> I can make this trope the best trope ever and and just blows it out of the water. And then at the same time, you don't feel like you've just watched the most cliche thing ever. Does that make sense? Yeah. I I mean uh, like I, uh, Sengoku and the, then the the younger or like the Lolicon idea with with uh, uh, Hachikuchi yeah or the sister complex thing I mean that was one of the, the nice things about this season taking the the toothbrush thing aside because that's a questionable scene I I like that when when we came into the season I was like okay here's the fire sisters here's where we're probably going to get pretty close to I mean because the show's always been uh, mature. It's always been very provocative in a lot of cases. And here's now the two little sisters. So my immediate thought is like, oh, here we're going to get into Siscons kind of stuff. And what's fascinating is that it still had the entire time, again, granted putting out aside the, the, the toothbrush thing, he is a brother. And you can see that he loves his sisters as his sisters as siblings he loves them he wants to protect them and every time there is like a closeness to them it's always like a brotherly tease it's never a sexual thing it's always like cracks a joke and walks away it it never really gave me the intent 
the entire season that he's sexually into his sisters. And that's what's great. It, it, it's just like, I, I, at some point, they, they kind of point out the fact that um, he, they, they bring up the point of one of the characters, I don't even remember which one, but having a smaller chest. And then they bring up Subasa, and she has a large, or she has the perfect chest. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that, that's the kind of thing that I, I, I love the fact that it's not, it's, it's, it's breaking the tropes in a way. And yet it's, it's using the tropes. And yet it, it's like you were, you were bringing up at one point, the idea of the archetypes and this takes archetypes to a whole nother level. It says you have an archetype here. Oh yeah. Well, this is what I have. And it, you can see the archetypes in there, but they're not archetypes. And and it's like the tropes. You can see the tropes there, but they're not the tropes. It's the and that's what we always liked about other shows and the idea that you can have these archetypes, but don't let it define the character. Exactly. And we're gonna conclude on that and we totally got into something else. Um <laughs> but yeah, that's I guess that we can conclude from there. Um move on to our spoiler section. We're gonna go ahead and close on uh Platinum Disco by Yuka. Igochi, or Iguchi, who is the voice of uh, Yuki, uh, Yukiha, I forgot her name already, uh, Tsukihi uh, Araragi, which is the other sister. Uh, well, enjoy that, and we will be back with our spoiler discussion, and for all those who are leaving for the spoiler discussion, we thank you for listening, we hope that you guys enjoyed, and again, check us out at TalkingSpirit.com, and y'all take her. Os. back and we're going to go into spoiler discussion for Nisei Monogatari again if you have not watched the entire series of Nisei Monogatari we're going to get into spoilers because we're going to basically kind of break down a lot of elements of this show because Andrew made a ton of notes and none of it was really used in the non-spoiler area and that (laughs) needless to say uh, stuff in the first season Baki Monogatari is completely open game yep so talk about this unless you yeah exactly and that'd be really weird if you watched Nisa Monogatari and not Baki <laughs> Just, just saying. Unless you're doing a whole time thingy, maybe. I don't know if it's 
that's no, that would be in chronological. That'd be yeah, yeah, right now I think that we're still chronological. We haven't we're done the, any. We're in the further, the later parts of the chronological. You can actually watch the other stuff before then, so you can see everything about Shinobu and stuff before we get to this part. Right. It's fine. It's fine. I like. I like. We have I not like watched Kizo. And that's what's funny, because it's like, I don't know if I would want to have known everything that's happening back there that they yeah. are going to tell later. Because I like having this, who's a Shinobu person, and why? what kind of connections do they have? We're, we're learning with, with as they kind of converse. If I knew all this stuff, it would be pretty boring listening to this, some of yeah. the conversations, because you already know what's happening. So I guess I guess kicking things off, we had the, uh, we jumped right into Sinjigahara being, uh, having captive of Araragi. Leveling up her Yandere stat. <laughs> it was totally... It was like, what the heck is going on here? Okay, so it's a protective thing. You're learning that she's protecting him from uh, Kaiki. And what I... The first thing that I want to talk about that I noticed in this this particular season was what the hell is going on between Sinjo Gahara and, and Tsubasa? Because, I mean, the <laughs> moment she got that phone call and just went, oh, I'm sorry... And then like hangs up and then tells him he can it's go. It's completely normal for me to call call her Subasa Sama. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, wait, did she just apologize to Subasa? <laughs> what the hell happened? And they kind of transitioned from there to uh, Kambaru was talking to him and mentioned the idea of uh, Subasa being a mistress. And it was like, and he mentioned, well, wouldn't wouldn't he uh, she kill Subasa also? And she's like, no, I don't think that would happen because they're in their own little world. I'm like. <laughs> hell are they doing here and then it jumps to Subasa telling her him that she said that if she's not a good girl on the phone she said if you're not a good if, if you're not a good girl i'm gonna go ask uh Araragi to be my boyfriend and i was like what the hell is going on <laughs> like why is she so afraid of her like this is one of those things where i'm like don't tell us don't tell us in the comments or whatever it's like <laughs> i want to learn this stuff as we go along but it's like i am so fascinating now it's so fascinating now wanting to know why is Subasa the only thing that Sinjogahara fears? Because she will kill anybody that gets around him. <laughs> and she, I, I don't know if it's like a respect thing or if it's a, like, I think I mentioned to you, it's like technically Sinjogahara is free of any apparition. So she doesn't really have any inherent ability. She's just who she is. Does she know that the moment that she causes Subasa stress that, She's gonna come at night and kill her because yeah, and that's, and that's she what would I was... be the stress causing her, and she would basically come as a, the the black hat or whatever and kill her. Yeah, and that and that's what I was kind of mentioning to Andrew in response. It was like, well, what about the idea of um, Subasa, uh, uh, the the cat Neko, uh, white neck or is it Crow Neko, going to Sindro uh, 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 Gahara and saying, look. Um, I'll let you have him for now, but you better understand that when it comes down to it, <laughs> he's mine. <laughs> you know, I'm letting you have Meow. your time with him, but you mess up, I will destroy you. <laughs> oh, and, and I guess it could be also a thing where she understands that Subasa is important to Araragi and does not want to cause her exactly. that stress and cause her to have to go through that whole situation of the, the Kuroneko again. Exactly, and 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 I think that's really kind of where we we kind of fell. That's kind of the safe place. It's like you make the, the cool comments, and then you go, "Yeah, yeah this makes more sense." Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was a really fascinating thing. I was just I was just floored the moment she said, "I'm sorry." I was like, "What the heck just happened? Like, <laughs> did I miss something?" This is like 
crazy. And of course, I have to mention it. I didn't want to mention it in the the non spoiler area because it would be it'd be dancing around. It would be revealing some things. But this is the season of let's make Chris angry. It's a season of let's cut everybody's hair. Yes. <laughs> Chris has a really bad tick when it comes to haircutting. If hair gets cut, he <laughs> he physically like cringes and rolls in a ball and and Brandon comes in the room what and he can't cut. World, I it was already irritating that Subasa cut her hair, but then Karen did it too, and I was like, "Holy crap! Why? <laughs> I must like, have blocked this out of my head." <laughs> Like she just took out her keys and cut it. I'm like you can't you cut your hair. <laughs> what kind of keys are those? <laughs> Don't use those keys. You'll cut your finger off. It but was, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, why you got to do do that? I mean, I'm I, I I'm not weird. Like I I mean, I've heard the 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 idea, I, and I and I get it. I I really do. The the whole idea behind a girl cutting her hair to become more stronger, and and whether or not you think that's a good thing, I I don't even care. I it's not even in my my realm of reasons why that bothers me. I it bothers me because usually if you sell me a character on their artwork and then you take the time to cut the hair it's it's a different character to me in a weird way. It's like so boss it's bothersome to me but uh Karen and I wasn't really all that upset about because she always had the ponytail anyways and she was all tomboyish and it was cute. She looked really cute when she had the skirt on. I'll give you that. Hey, you want the short hair? You want the short hair? Uh, mentioned some idea of well, it was just bothersome, so I cut it. But but you at least got Kamboru with her hair start growing. Her hair was like near on her shoulders, so maybe you're gonna have her. Long She's gonna hair. turn around and cut her hair. Cut they all want to cut their hair for some stupid Still reason. Bald. Everybody's bald. Everybody's bald. And Chef goes, "No, we can't handle all this animating of hair flowing around. So let's cut it to cut budget." Um, I guess the next the next uh, crazy scene was when he went to pay visit to Sengoku, and I got my Sengoku action because I she had her she didn't cut her hair but she did <laughs> put a hairband on and it was cute. It was like this whole scene of like, whoa, Sengoku is like on the <laughs> on the prowl. Like, screw you, she was, gonna, she was gonna get some. <laughs> she was like. <laughs> All over the place the entire time he's talking, and she's rolling over. And let's play the king game. She's still sitting there. <laughs> yeah, Can't play the king game with anything. Two people. <laughs> anything that would get her the ability to make a command it was what she was looking for. <laughs> and then they played Twister. Twister. And then the mom came home, and, <laughs> and he said lost. that she looked really happy about losing. And I'm like, oh my gosh! And you be that ditz? You're being a you're being a main character of a harem. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> There's no way that he didn't know what was going on there. This show is... I, I, I think at one point I, I I had defended it and said, no, this can't possibly be a harem. But now it's like, this is slowly devolving into harem <laughs> territory. And it's like... And I'm not upset about it. I'm not upset about it at all. I mean, if you had a, a harem with a ditherer that is... And it's and it, and it goes back to what I was saying about the whole thing about uh, just reveling in the tropes. That's what this show does, and it does it in spades, and and still is giving you the 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 diamonds and the pearls on top of it, and saying, "Look, <laughs> you you don't like a harem, huh? Well, you, you're missing out on this beautiful gem of a show." And 
and that's that's what I love about it. It it, it just it's doing it so well. And the harem thing is is one of those things. It's like I could sit here and I if if this was any other show that was a harem, I would sit here and I would go. These are the reasons why harem people hate harems, and yet this is doing it exactly those things, and yet still pulling off a really phenomenal show. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I've heard that before. Um, <laughs> I liked. I liked. Uh, Hachikuchi kind of took a backseat for most of this show, but it, what's funny is it almost seemed like she was turning into his counselor yeah like every time he had discussed something he, he brought up to her the idea of how do i come how do do i tell my sisters about the fact that i'm part vampire and uh it was also he, a lot of the situation that he was having with the sisters he was divulging it with her to try to get some kind of answer of what he should be doing and i was like it's so funny. She's like what you would think would be the youngest character in the show. And he's like confiding in her to get answers. And, and of course, every single time they talk, they end up in like construction sites every single time. <laughs> like they always point out the fact they're getting lost whenever they talk together in, in the middle of the boonie going through the, through the, through. Yeah. When he was chasing her, he, they were running through America and it was like, it would, of course, I also love the, the, he chose not to sexually harass her. And she, she called he, him a boring character. Yeah. He became, <laughs> He became dead to her. Like, uh, my friend has, like, she was, like, pointing out, my friend has died, and I don't know who you are, and walking away. <laughs> uh, it was so cute, though, because they were kind of point out this idea of he doesn't want to lose her because she, she, he lost Oshino, and he's afraid that he's, she's going to disappear, too. Yeah. So he, she had, he had that lingering effect of Oshino, and that he didn't want it to apply to her as well, and she's like, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I, she felt that she was, there was a need for her there, so she wasn't going anywhere. So it was cute. And then they kind of trolled like everybody by saying i had never thought that that would be the last time i talked to her or something like that <laughs> i never realized where she would be going just kidding or something like that i was like what the hell did you just do that for don't do that i don't like whenever that happens oh <laughs> uh, i got um let me see where i got my next point here. world building you want to talk about building? that okay we I did a lot kind of, of we did a lot of world building this 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 particular season we got into kaiki um, the, the two girls, what was their names? The two girls. Oh, uh, Yozuru and yeah. Yotsugi. It, they absolutely just bringing out the, the, some of the background stuff that we, we kind of knew was there, but we, we, it never really dug into it. And, it, and I thought, I, I think that that's fascinating considering I, I, I knew that they were here in this, this particular season that, Watching it the second time through, it was kind of like now all the pieces were were fitting into place a lot better. Um, I think I got a lot more out of it this time through. I I just I think that a lot of the 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 aspects of curses versus um, the apparitions, what that that a curse can apply a, a operation. Uh, the uh, Yotsugi being a Shikigami that I thought that was a fascinating thing. The the fact that the Omiyoji can actually bring out Shikigamis and what is a Shikigami? Is it a um, 
It's a it, sister killer. It, it's a sister killer, of course, <laughs> because you know she she makes her finger really really big and takes Unlimited off limited rule book. <laughs> takes out half of my poor uh, uh, my my poor little sister, and and I I, I never that, ever want that, that lolly around my little sister ever. I that scene hurt. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you were talking about that with the other show and the other podcast. That hurt. That hurt seeing that. I mean, I I knew what was going to happen because. Spoiler, it's called Phoenix, Suki Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> but, and the whole scar, pointing out the scar that disappeared, I mean, it, it, it still hurt, like, this idea that she just got, like, chopped in half. And, that, of course, there's that whole element that I guess has kind of been, has been planted in me with shows like uh, Ajin, or not the show, but I've been reading the manga, is this idea of if you're immortal, what happens if you lose your brain? Are you still you kind of thing? Yeah, and that true. kind of that came to my mind the entire time, but I, I, they of course didn't really get into it. So I was going to say you kind of re- just spoiled something big for me and Ajin. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really just a, a side thought the characters have when you you think about the idea of being immortal. Um, but yeah, it's I, I definitely loved eating up all the the world building. I love the connections they made with the previous season. Getting uh, uh, Kaiki, we didn't get in Kaiki. Kaiki was. I didn't like him, of course, because he's this bad guy that's doing bad things. He hurt my Sengoku in indirect ways, and that always a bad thing for him from the beginning. Uh, but he's a character just grew on me, especially getting into like the the cat the donut shop scene and going into uh, or before then when they actually confronted him to tell him to leave. It's just like just sitting there just belittling himself, like. Yeah, I'm sorry I did this and this and this. I'm a terrible person. I'm a con man. I do this stuff because I'm I'm weak and I have no way. It's like this guy just like you can't you can't possibly you can't, hate him. <laughs> you can't hate him because he's hate. It's like you have to hate somebody to a certain point. He's already got it covered. <laughs> he's already got it covered. <laughs> you could throw us an insult, but he's already got it covered. Like you're an idiot. I already told my. I already said I was an idiot. It's like, but. You're a con man. I already said I was a con man. I mean, we've established this already. What else do you got? Um, but yeah, it was a really weird scene because it was like, I could just see Shinobu going, can I kill him yet? Just Can I just kill him? Can I just kill him? I know, it's, I know it's bright outside right now, but I can take a quick tan to take him out for you if you like. <laughs> Because I mean, it, it kind of points out. I absolutely love the fact that she got <laughs> that scene in the donut shop when she's sitting there going, I'm not going to tell you, but you could probably ask him. <laughs> turned around and spit. And it was like, just, when he turned around and spit, I was like, it's Kaiki, isn't it? He's here. Why is he here? Goku's <laughs> or Sinjukahara is going to kill you. You go away. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 there was something about that's that's just strangely just charming about him in a and weird he's, he's way also, he's, he's like he's also got the con man thing where you can't really disagree with him because he he's just too stupidly sense. smart <laughs> I, I mean he, like when he was talking to karen and karen's like you're doing all this you're you're hurting people for gain and for money and he's like well technically somebody probably hired you to do this in order to take me out kind of thing and it's like it's always a transaction thing everybody does something for something what is it how is it any different that i do this to make money so that somebody has a curse I don't tell him to curse anybody. They do it. I mean, everything he's spewing out is like twisted logic yeah. that you can't really argue with, but at the same time, you can if you want to. 
And, that, and that's always a fascinating thing. And the way that he's kind of written out is really well. The, the, the point is, is that if you argue with it, you're technically saying that by default, the person who did it is wrong. And yet that person, you don't want to say that person is wrong because that person has good intentions and he's technically not doing anything evil uh, because all of the evil is somewhere else. And, and that's why he strangely is charmingly cool. <laughs> I, I was trying to find the, the statement he made. I'm not sure if I wrote it down, but it was a, a really cool little, little statement that he made with the idea of transactions and stuff. Really, really clever the way they, they wrote him out. And, and like I said, I really like the connections they used with him with the first season, like learning that he was the first con man of, of uh, Sinja Gahara and how he didn't technically uh, con them and then walk away. He, he, he gave them hope over a period of time in order to basically leech everything he could out of them. And that's why he was such a disgusting person to her. And she couldn't hate him at the time because she had the crab carrying her burdens. I thought that was a cool little tie-in. The idea that she literally could not hate him before and instead loved him, quote-unquote, as they kind of insinuated, yeah. because she had the crab. And the crab was holding basically her her anxieties and her hatred for him. And that, like I said, that's, that's it's one of those really clever ways of writing out the character that, that just... I eat up. <laughs> I eat it <laughs> up. Um, but yeah, I, Yozuru and it was funny because somebody actually had, I, I think I read something that ended up pointing out the fact that she never touches the ground. Like she's, when he first meets Yozuru, she's hopping over like the, uh, yeah. the mailboxes. And then the next time you see her, she's uh, on, on a, the, the several, gate. several stories up. So she's not actually on the ground. Yeah. And she was on the gate at his house and when they went to leave, she jumped onto to Yotsugi's mm-hmm. finger. <laughs> that was weird. Um, but it, 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 I was like, I never really noticed that. That's that's really that's actually kind of cool. But yeah, you're you're completely right. I she never touched the ground. And maybe a, maybe a tick that we'll learn more about because I know I, we're getting more into them later. And the only the only time that you could technically say she was touching the ground was in the building where she was not actually on the ground. She was she several stories up. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That fight, like, like <laughs> I swear, I it's probably in the original writing and or or Shaft or I don't know who maybe Shaft might be multiplying it, but they just love tearing the crap out of <laughs> out of <Adagi>. like, <laughs> like it was bad with with uh, Kambaru and him her slinging him around by like his intestines, but now we got like full on heart grab and crush and just like his eyeballs are literally hanging out of their sockets and his face looks like something out of like a a uh, gorilla music video or something. I mean, it just looks you know, terrible. What's what's kind of disappointing and it's is slowly we, you kind of see him regenerating. <laughs> we, we got this. Back. We got this really epic Shinobu, but we didn't get any Shinobu action out of that scene. That was the yeah. That was disappointing. <laughs> it was it was cool seeing her grown up. Yeah, there, that's that's what I'm saying. We got this really epic Shinobu, but no Shinobu action. It was so funny seeing them kind of go off the side, and they were kind of outplaying uh, the Shikigami, and I'm like. Uh, they keep downplaying Shinobu. I'm like, I'm I'm starting to da- have doubts of Shinobu because they keep downplaying her. They keep, keep downplaying her. And then them come she's down just, there and she's up against the wall. I'm like, nope, Shinobu's awesome. <laughs> and she's about to take out this other girl and like, nope, nope, that Agi's gonna speak to her heart. 
<laughs> Speak to her heart. Another point of reveling in the <laughs> tropes. <laughs> My master has something to say. <laughs> No, you're still. You're gonna still fight him. He's, he's not done yet, kind of thing. I just lost the the next point I was gonna go on. I mean, it was cool seeing that uh, Yozuru and Oshino and Ka- uh, Kaiki were all in the same little club together. <laughs> they were in the occult club together, and they. She was the only one that became an actual Onmyoji. The other ones were became fakes, so to speak. Uh, which is kind of interesting to know that about uh, Oshino. I don't think that he fake. became... I don't think Oshino became a fake. He came something in between the two. Well, is that she's the only one that graduated? She was the only one who graduated the Omiyoji school. Um, Kaiki just went the the con man route, and Oshino just kind of stayed in the middle. Yeah. And and that was kind of what they were kind of implying by that they weird call question. Them they called them both of them fakes because they aren't professional omiyojis. I don't remember. Of course, that, they called a lot of people fakes in this season <laughs> that's because true. it's Nisei Gonagodari. So, <laughs> but you might not. They might be thinking about it too far. But yeah, I do. I I I, oh, I do mind. remember. They, they said that she's not a fake like Kaiki. Never mind. That was yeah. a comment that I seen. And the I do re- called said that she's not a fake like Kaiki. She doesn't say Oshino. So I, I correct myself. Okay, um, I, I and that was kind of one of those things that they were kind of I I, I liked that they used that um, that question to kind of imply their their levels of how they felt about the occult was uh, what was the question? But one the Kaiki w- uh, refused to or he didn't acknowledge something involving the spirit or the supernatural and Yozuru acknowledged the supernatural and Oshino was kind of in the middle. Literally, the the, the question answered, they were literally one, two, and then three. One was in, and Oshino was in the middle. Well, it makes sense because uh, Kaiki basically just sells curses. And then Yazuru is over here and she's literally wielding a Shikigami and she's hunting down immortal, Mm -hmm. uh, immortal operations, so... That was cool. I, 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 the Sukihi was definitely an interesting route because it, I didn't really see that coming. I figured it would be like everybody else, where it's just a this is a sister and she's inflicted by apparition. Instead, they took it the route of she's literally the apparition has been embedded into the mother and birthed. Like yeah. she's literally not your sister. And it was like, well, technically she is your sister because it birthed out your mom. I guess it comes with the ideas of what do you think your mother is. Um, but it was cool to see. That he still like the whole kissing. He kisses her and says, "Yep, you're still my sister." Because yeah. I didn't get anything from that. And I was uh, that's what I was saying, saying earlier, where it has the you could think that they could totally go down this route and make it totally just getting all over in the Siscon stuff. But he's still a brother to them, and he still sees them as his sisters. And I like that they kind of put that that separation there. And even, then, though, and then, even though the two is basing yeah and, and and i even liked the the fact that they kind of toyed with that with uh with when he was fighting uh yozuru and it, it was like she she flat out um says why are you fighting for this fake sister and 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 he says you just gave me the best thing ever you made her not my sister and then 
went after her and it was like and then got his butt kicked <laughs> well yeah he got his butt kicked but it, it was it was really cool like 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 it, the like I, going back to what i was saying is the 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 just taking the the tropes and just destroying them and playing with them and just having fun with them and it's like that was epic i mean i've seen that so many times where it's it's my sister and 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 so i'm 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 really weird about it and yet i i can't accept my feelings and and he's just like I love my sister. It doesn't matter if she's fake sister or real sister. If you want me to have a problem with her being my sister, then okay, fine. I I I love my sister and I'll I'll protect her. If she's not my sister, I'll protect her because I love her anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, she's Sukihi. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool. They 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 still kind of pose the question of like, it's okay for you, but what about your family? What are they going to think? What is your mother going to think when she realizes that she birthed a a, a, a basically a, a fake and it, it it's a lot of things like that that kind of was brought in, up in the show that are kind of really interesting little concepts. The they brought up a lot with the how does an immortal live amongst uh, mortals? They had the whole scene with Shinobu and Aradagi in the bath scene. They're talking about you. You have so much of this vampire in you. We don't really know how long you're going to live, Aradagi. You could live way past your entire family. You're going to watch every single one of them die, and you're going to be alone. All you're going to have is me and. I mean, at that point, we can kill each other or we can die together or whatever. Um, and then they, kind of, again, pose the question with, with uh, Yozuru, with uh, Sukihi, and the idea of she's immortal. She's not normal. She can't live amongst nor- people normally. And they, they touched on it with Bakamonogatari, this idea of apparitions can't live with humans. They can't, they can't find a coexistence or they can't be with each other that long. That was like the whole point with Araragi and, and Shinobu. You got to let her go because it's not normal that you guys are together. I I like those concepts that are kind of slowly touched on, but never too heavy to the point that you're kind of getting lost in it. It's not lost in stupid philosophies that you're not able to follow. Uh, they also touched on revenge and the limits of patience with uh, Kaiki and Senju Gahara, uh, greed and the damages of it with Kaiki, uh, bringing stresses of your life into your family with Aradagi and his sisters, bringing the idea of him being a vampire up to them, or maybe his, his parents too. I, I haven't quite established exactly what's going on with the parents. I just know the, <laughs> they can't really, I, they already point out the mother's dead because the mother passed away after Suki died or something like that. Aradagi's? Yeah. I didn't know her, her, his family was dead. I thought they insinuated that the mother was dead. Well, why would she ask it, it? How would your mother feel if there if she knew that your sister was a monster? Because she didn't know that her mother was alive. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't remember them ever saying, but that and it's he, possible. They were upset the idea that I, he left I don't, during Mother's Day because I, of the mother was dead. I thought that's what they were insinuating with the first season. That they still get together on Mother's Day for, for that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Parents are always disappearing in anime, so I, I that that uh, matter of fact, that was the only time I remember them ever implying that the mother was alive, and that sounded like the mother was alive. But if they specifically said she was dead at that point, then that's the only time I remember them talking about the mom. So, well, I think Subasa also said something about her parent, his if his parents were there or something like, or her his parents were gone, and they they he might upset his parents if he does something with the sisters when he was punishing them so they could both i think they're both still there i don't know i mean i'm reading into things too much um it would explain a lot of things so (laughs) (laughs) 
But it was it was it was cool. Um, let me see if I any notes that I wanted to kind of bring up. I I love the scene with Kamburo on the phone though. The naked, I'm I'm stripped naked, <laughs> talking to him on the phone. And then Grandma walks by. <laughs> she looked very sad. <laughs> she was just like crushed that her grandmother seen her walk by. She, yeah, she was look. She looked very sad and disappointed or something like that. Um. Yeah, the bath scene with the. Did you catch that though? Coming in. She she does not talk to her grandparents. Who? Uh, s- uh her, Kanbutter, whatever. Kanbutter doesn't talk to her grandparents. Yeah, does not talk to her grandparents. The parent, the her mom, uh, blocks her from talking to her grandparents or something like that. It was kind I of. Seen a, her, I seem to remember that. Yes, it was an off comment that I was like, okay, that's odd, but it moved on and they never discussed it again. So. Obviously, it wasn't that important. <laughs> I can't believe that we're actually to the end of really all that I have pointed out to talk about, except for the scene of all scenes of this season. I mean, we keep bringing it up, but we never really talk about it. The toothbrush scene. <laughs> like, when they have a match, and Adaragi has some brilliant way of deciding the match... Now, okay. It's the concept that Tr- everybody truth has be a told. Pro- okay, what? was this the first time you've seen that scene? No. I, I mean, I've seen it, but I didn't know the context. Okay. Now, I made the joke that you will never look at toothbrushes the same again. I don't get that part. Okay. So you still don't 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 feel the same way about it. Because the reason why I say that is because it was used in a way that I had never even considered a possibility of using that toothbrush. And yeah, that's little, why little I say that. It's not it's not that it's overanalyzing. I got it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's one of those things that I I will never look at a toothbrush the same way again. It's not cuz every time he goes to brush his teeth, which is like what once a month, <laughs> you look at it and you go, I don't do it Man, once a month. Karen. <laughs> brush your teeth, Karen. <laughs> yeah, that's <No>. true. <laughs> wow. Um but no, it was it was funny because it was like this is the deciding thing. It kind of points out the idea that some people don't like other people combing their hair because it it just feels weird. Yeah, you can brush your teeth all the time, but it's when you don't have actual control of it. You don't decide how it turns, what direction it hits. Your mouth. Essentially, the concept behind it is that you're not able to anticipate where the sensation is going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's just like whenever somebody's if somebody were to tap you on the back of the head over and over again, it's like you don't you don't have control over where that how that sensation hits you. You can't your mind doesn't make preparations for that happening. Your nerves mm-hmm. don't make it. So yeah, it's like it makes sense. Like I can see that being a very bothersome thing. Yes, mothers and parents probably brush their kids' teeth all the time when they were really young and they never wanted to brush our teeth right. But this was like taking it to a whole other level of like there's these two you know, 15-year-old and I think, what, I don't know, he's probably like 18 or 18 something like that. probably. <laughs> just alone in a bedroom, just making like a very normal toothbrushing sequence into something that is like completely, let's face it, erotic and <laughs> over the top and hilarious. And then to top that off, because this is, a, I didn't know the context of what they were doing. I just seen the, the toothbrushing thing and that he was like getting a little bit carried away and going, whoa, this is actually getting pretty crazy and at the very end i didn't see the ending part where of course uh suki walks in and they're like oh yeah that's right this is crazy thanks for pointing it out <laughs> <laughs> you should go get uh, i'm gonna go get this i'll be right back i was a i think a 
a nail gun or something like that. <laughs> Let's go to the supply store for it. And then, like, best two out of three. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's into it. <laughs> Technically, we got interrupted. So, two out of three. I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's like, we, did, we came to this new understanding of one another. I'm like, they're going to do this every morning now. That just it, got real it, bad. It was... Uh, I- I loved that that's scene. Why was, I, that's why I kept putting that aside when I was talking about the Syscon thing. Because yeah. that's technically the only part where, it, yeah, it does kind of get into that. And it, it, and it is. And it, but I, I, I loved the scene. I thought it was... Uh, I guess it was just erotic. And it, <laughs> <laughs> let's just be honest. <laughs> You're dancing around as much as you want. Technically, it had some deep meaning of <laughs> philosophical. No, it's just erotic. No, it was just it really, was hot. really hot. Scene. It was hot. <laughs> uh, we're a bunch of hentais. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're bad. Hentai. <laughs> uh, see, I think that's pretty much all the notes I have. Um,. There was the the handstand thing with uh, knowing Hachikuchi's Hachikuchi's handstand thing, and this is a good. Uh, why do you keep doing that? Oh, I have a perfect view of something. I didn't think you'd be wearing transparent black, and she's like, "No, it's obviously bunnies. I didn't see any. Can you bring? It? Can you see it? You? Oh my gosh! Leave that poor girl alone. So wrong. I love so Hachikuchi. Yeah, I guess I think that's all I got. We hope you guys enjoyed this display discussion. This actually turned out to be a really long episode, and that's that's good. I love having this much conversation, so uh, that definitely makes me feel like my yeah, and we huge could say lineup of notes made sense to do. I think that we could have gone a lot longer if we really, really wanted to. It's 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 got a lot in there. Yeah, um, we're going to close out with uh, the ticket to touch the chest. I love that ticket. <laughs> huh? The ticket that's useless. Oh yeah, I was the only one I didn't bring up. <laughs> Tsubasa gives Aradagi a ticket. What is this for? It's to give you one time to touch my boob, however long you want. But if you use it, I'll hate you forever. He wraps it up. It's useless. <laughs> it was it's such Tsubasa. a... And, that, and that's... It. Well, I guess I'm just repeat, repeating the same thing over and over again. Taking the taking the tropes and blowing them out the water. I love, I love Tsubasa and her... I love it. I love it. She's very, she's very mature. She's very teasy. I mean, she's got all these elements to her, but she's always very calm and very mature about whatever she does, even if it is something that's very, very inappropriate. <laughs> I, I absolutely love her. Uh, I, I only know what I know thing. I, I get such a kick out of it. I don't know why. It just it's one of those things that it's like uh, Sinjo Gahara and and. And I mean, the scene that absolutely stands out for her is the the one in the first season where she says, um, "If we die, yeah, she's the last person." You say that every single episode. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna bring that up in every podcast we do this, aren't you? Did I? Yeah, you brought in the last one. I'm sorry. That's all right. Well, I was just pointing out things, no, things, right. things that things that stand out about each character is it, yeah. her is absolutely the thing of I only know what I know, or I don't know everything. I only know what I know. Uh, I I don't really have anything for Kanbaru. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Well, and I guess Nick she can talk it on the phone went, with you. Yeah, Nick had once talk on the phone that Karen has the the toothbrush, um, Sukihi and the and the knife uh, for Shinobu. Shinobu. Uh, now that Donuts. now that we know it, her, I get the donut thing with her now. <laughs> she loves them donuts. <laughs> well, I'm struggling right now because like. 
I'm like really getting to the, oh, I, and now I know I'm going to want these figures for these characters. So I want to start snatching them up. And right now, don't you hate the fact that we've, we've so given up on money. them now? So and I know money. it was like, when I seen them, I was like, I don't God, those are gorgeous start. and I want them so bad, but man, they're expensive. And I, I want to start. And now, and now, and I, I should have kicked Andrew a little bit. And now, Andrew, you really, really want them. And <laughs> well, the two that are up right now is the, the Nadeco Medusa and the, uh, the bath, uh, if that's even still up, Shinobu. And it's like, did you ever see the? Did you ever see the Karen on the? Um, yeah, on the, the steamroller. Yeah, yeah, I didn't recommend that. One. Beautiful. I like the Sukihi one on the 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 jungle bars, and um, I really like the one with Shinobu on the. Was it Shinobu that's on the it's bag? On the, on oh, that's Hachikuchi. No, it's Shinobu on the bag of Hachikuchi with a bunch of other stuff from each character. Yeah. It's like that that's Shinobu. Oh. I, I, that one looked gorgeous as well. That one was a good the good smile one, right? They're all good smile. Yeah. I think good smiles back then. Well, there's there's like Man Presto ones and stuff, but they are the ones that has all the good ones, so. And so that means that they're all like $120 each, so and now 200 or so whenever they release, so. I don't know. I love my Sengoku, so I don't think I'm going to get that the Medusa anyways, but I don't want to start because I know when I start, I'm gonna get them. Want to get them all, and it's too much money. I think I'm. I think I brought that up in the last episode too. So I'm just as bad as you are. <laughs> We're closing with uh, Clarice's did a song for the second close for the closing, which is uh, "Naisho no Hanashi." So leave that a listen, and hope you guys enjoy. We thank you guys for listening to the spoiler segment. If you guys enjoy these whole little things that we're doing with each of the episodes of Bakamonogatari, give us a shout out. Let us know that you're enjoying these, um, that you're listening to them, and that uh, you like them or not. Tell us which one's best girl, which is impossible. But we like <laughs> telling you guys to do the impossible. And we hope you guys enjoyed, and y'all take care. Os. One, two, one, two, three, four.